The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated French Open in years, and Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your smart TV or your phone live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to continue their legacy on the clay courts? From the first serve to the final point, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it all happens. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Do you believe in a young kid from Italy to win Sofia, an ATP 250 event? Because I did, and I do, and he won it. Yannick Sinner played in the finals at Sofia, and he beat Vanek Pospisil, and now he is an ATP Tour champion, first of many for the young kid from Italy. He is the first-born player in 2001 to reach an ATP final, let alone win one. Yannick Sinner, have yourself a day. This kid is special, and I've said it since the beginning, and I said it honestly since I watched him play at the US Open last year. Um, I've I've talked a lot about him on this podcast, and I've t- I've told you this kid is special, and the way he plays is unbelievable, and it's going to be unbelievable moving forward here on the ATP Tour in professional tennis. Now, I was watching Tennis Channel live today, and they were talking about Yannick Sinner's um, win at Sofia, and they also started talking about when will that kid be in the ATP Finals, and. Some, some, I, I believe it was a McEnroe said it'll be two years. I don't think he can make it next year, but it'll be two years. Right now, he's number 44 in the world. It's not going to be long before that kid really, really starts making a name for himself. If you've never heard of him, Yannick Sinner from Italy. Put it in your dictionary. Put it in your vocabulary. This man is going to be a household name in only a matter of years, and he will be remembered as obviously one of the best next-gen players to ever play, but he's going to have a good career in professional tennis outside of next generation. This goes when he's going to be in his late 20s, in his 30s, mark it now. He's going to be the next Alexander Sverev, the next Dominic Team, the next Stefano Tsitsipas. He is going to be that man. He is unbelievable. While we're talking about it, let's talk about Sofia. There were some big names at Sofia. There was your Denis Shapovalov. There was your Felix Ogier. Ali Asim, Vasek Pospisil, who I already kind of mentioned. There were some big names there. And Alex Damanur, obviously a big name. You had Struff, Milman, uh, Marin Cilic, some big names there. But once again, like most things in 2020, kind of disappointed from the hot shots in here. Uh, you expected some of these players to maybe play better, and they just didn't. Yannick Sinner wasn't seated, obviously, probably should have been after they saw the result, but he is a good player, and he probably is better than some of these players that's been seeded, but because he's number 40, 44 in the world right now, he's not going to get those seeds. But Denis Shapovalov, one seed, has a bye first round, loses to Radu Albert in the second in the second round. This is his first match he's played in ATP 250. 
um, and Sophia. So awfully disappointing for the Canadian. And a, another disappointing Canadian in this tournament was the number two seed, Felix Ogier Aliassim. He loses second round to Carusa, and boom, Canadians, one and two, gone. And that's very disappointing. Canadian tennis this year has really taken off with Milos Rejanic coming back in the mix and Chapo and FAA really having good tournaments as well as Pospisil had phenomenal tournaments there in the in the thick of it. But for them not to play well, especially at the end of the season, this might be one of their last events they play. To not play well at all, does it make me think that maybe they're sick of the season already? Maybe, because sometimes towards the end, people get sick of it. But nevertheless, they're still playing tennis in 2020, and they didn't even play all year. So I don't think it's they're sick of the season. I don't know what it is, but these Canadians, if they want to stay on top of the leaderboard here, they need to really start playing consistently throughout the entire year. And Pospisil, yeah, he made the finals at Sofia, but he hasn't really done a whole lot the rest of the year. He made a few big runs in the middle there, but he's so hit or miss, and it's starting to look like a lot of the other Canadians a lot of the ones that we thought were promising, which is Denis Shapovalov and Felix Ogier Aliassim, might just be the same way. Very hit or miss. And that's very disappointing because those two young guns are very, very good and show a lot, a lot of promise. And they are very entertaining to watch. And if they keep coming in and out, a lot of people are going to stop watching them because they're just so frustrating to watch. And I really hope we don't get to a point like that. But the way that they play some of these smaller tournaments is... I don't want to say embarrassing, but it sucks. As a fan, as a player, it all sucks. And we want to see the Canadians do well. I do at least, because right now there's not a whole lot of people to root for in America. But I want to see them do well. And right now they're just not doing well in these side tournaments. And it's disappointing. Another match that happened in Sofia that I was really excited to watch, and it was a good match, was Alex de Manur and Yannick Sinner. Now it was a three-set match, and de Manur took the first set. Um, these two, both next-gen players, both phenomenal players, both a lot of fun to watch individually, but when they play each other, there's a lot of star power potentially there. They're already stars, but potentially big, big star power between these two. The Australian, obviously, Alex de Manure, the ever-entertaining Alex de Manure, and Yannick Sinner's a little bit more, um, I don't want to say laid back, but more conservative with his emotions when he's on the court, and he's... So entertaining to watch. He comes back and win this one in three sets, 6-4, 6-1 in the last two sets. Um, this could have been the final. This could have been a semi. This should not have been a third-round match. But nevertheless, that's how the seeding goes when you're number 44 in the world. Yannick Sinner wasn't seeded. And unfortunately for guys like Damon Noor, they got to play him early on. Damon Noor was seeded three. So he was up there. But the way Yannick Sinner's been playing at the end of the year this year, no one's stopping him, and it's going to be very, very fun to watch him moving forward into the Australian Open in January, if they have the Australian Open, which I think they will have, um, the way that they're having everything else. Let's move on to the Nito ATP Finals. This is something I've been very, very excited about, and I've been very, very vocal about how excited I've been. Now, I'm going to throw a disclaimer out there. I have watched two matches that have happened in the Nito ATP, ATP Finals. That is Stefano Tsitsipas and Dominic Team, And I've also watched Andre Rublev and Rafael Nadal. So this isn't my... These are my raw thoughts on before today. I just am podcasting today. So this is... I, I just had to throw that out there. I do know what happens in those matches. But those the result in those matches do not affect 
who I picked to win. I actually voted on a poll on Twitter who would win the ATP Finals like three days ago. So I'm just telling you, take my word for it. These are my proper guesses for the ATP Finals. And I'm going to give you my raw guesses for the ATP Finals. And these are what I've had in mind all week. But the ATP Finals, they got two... They got two round robin draws, right? That's how they start at round robin. Round robin. Round robin. Wow, Jake, easy, buddy. Um, there's the London group and then the Tokyo group. Let's start with the Tokyo group. The Tokyo group is Djokovic, Medvedev, Sverev, and Diego Schwartzman. Good group. A lot, a lot of tall people in that group. Uh, London group is Rafael Nadal, Dominic Team, Sitsipas, and Andre Rublev. Another good group. Young group, but another good group. So right now, the Rafael Nadal beat Rublev and team beat Sitsipas, which kind of surprised people. But this is who I believe is going to come out of those groups, right? There only is two players to come out of each group. Out of the London group, I think Nadal and team are going to get out of that group. Now, they already won today, so it makes it easier for them to get out of that group. But I'm just telling you, this is who I believe is going to win. And this is who I believed would have won even before the tournament started. And the Tokyo group, I think it's going to be Djokovic and Sverev. Um, Sverev's the five seed. So in this seed-wise, it goes Djokovic, Medvedev, Sverev, Schwartzman. I think it's going to be Djokovic and Sverev are going to be the other two. Now, who do I think is going to win it? Dominic Team. Dominic Team is my pick to win this year's Nito ATP Finals. The reason I say that is because... I think seeing Sitsipas won it last year showed people that maybe the big three aren't going to win the Nito ATP Finals every year, right? Um, the way Sitsipas won it uh, was a phenomenal way to you know add to his trophy case last year, especially winning the Next Gen Finals the year before, coming in winning the Nito ATP Finals. Phenomenal feat from the Greek, but this is why I think Dominic Team's going to win it. He wins the U.S. Open, right? He could be riding a high from the U.S. Open over to the French Open, which is very well he could have, as well as maybe very tired because he played a lot of tennis in New York. Doesn't do what he can at the French Open, right? Everyone knows he could potentially win that tournament. D didn't get that far, which is fine. You know, he already won the U.S. Open. What's he need another Grand Slam for this year? Hasn't played his U.S. Open-style tennis since the U.S. Open, and that might have given him a little bit time to rest to... Um, you know, get some legs under him a little bit because his legs um, were one of the things that could have damaged his chances to win at the US Open. But nevertheless, that's why I think he's going to win this is because he's had that break there a little bit. Not necessarily a break, but just he hasn't done so well in some of those tournaments in between the US Open and these ATP finals. So that's going to give him a little bit of chance to get his legs under him and kind of just a reboot for the last tournament of the year. You know, you got to get real pumped for this. And this is a big tournament. And I think the fact that you know, he hasn't, um, you know, played extremely well since the U.S. Open. It's kind of time that he really kicks it back up again. Um, Rafael Nadal never won an ATP final. This would be um, big for him since damn near has won everything else. You can win anywhere else in the world tennis-wise. But that's why I think Dominic Team's going to win it. Um, they're in the London group. Why I think Djokovic and Sverev are going to make it out of the other group. Um, you know, Medvedev just won a tournament, but... Sverev, like I said, haven't hasn't played great kind of since the U.S. Open. He's played pretty good. Um, he's he's made some finals, done some damage here and there, but I think you know he's he's really got something to prove here, and I think he will prove it with all the experience he's gained 
here in 2020. Novak Djokovic, I just think he's too good. Like I, I, I just genuinely think he's too good. And you can roast me for that. I don't care. I think Novak Djokovic is too good. And it's really, really hard to bet against Novak Djokovic, the end world number one. Not a lot of tennis left here in 2020, and that's kind of why I want to move on to this next topic, and it's a little off-the-court piece that ESPN did that they say they got it from a newspaper or a magazine, Stellar Magazine, um, which I believe is probably in Australia, Um, but he opened up about his experiences with depression, and um, he has been living, I guess, with his parents in Canberra, and I don't know if I said that right, Canberra? Canberra, something like that. Australia, never been there, never heard of it, but sure, Nick Kyrgios, your place. Um, but I guess he's been with his parents there, and he's talked about, um, you know, he doesn't feel like people really want to get to know him as a person. They just hold me as this tennis player, and they use him um, kind of as a villain. Um, and he said he did, couldn't feel like he could trust anybody, anyone. He was in a lonely place. Um, and then he said in Shanghai, he could recall a time where he didn't want to see the light of day. Now, surprising from a guy like Nick Kyrgios where he's, you know, he's got a very flamboyant personality. He's got a lot of smiles on the court, um, plays a lot of jokes. But I can see this because in the world of tennis, um, it's somewhat of a gentleman's game, right? Where it's getting away from that now, but it's very, you know, the McEnroe, he was out there. Kyrgios, he's out there. But it's very much, you know, respect it, respect it, respect it, respect it, respect each other. Um, a lot of that, and there's not a whole lot of people like McEnroe, like um, Nick Kyrgios, who are, can be the bad boys. But when they are, some of these tennis fanatics can really, really go at it. And I've always said from the beginning, I thought Nick Kyrgios was good for the sport. Um, I thought the way Nick Kyrgios handled himself and the way he was just so out there, I thought he was good for the sport to not only attract new fans, but also just some. you need balance in a sport. Every sport needs balance, and especially tennis where there's so many good guys in Dennis, there's no one to really, you know, move the pendulum there and be like, okay, this guy's a little out there. And that's what we needed a little bit. And that's what Nick Kyrgios gives us. That's what John McEnroe gave us. And that's why so many people, you know, loved or hated John McEnroe. But nevertheless, they watched him on TV. They thought he was good entertainment. They thought he was good um, for the sport of tennis. And people loved him on TV. And they still love him on TV. But for Nick Kyrgios to be in this type of depression, but also feel confident enough where he can come out and say this. In the in a quote, he says, I've reached a level of freedom in my life that I really don't care what anyone thinks of me. And then people might have thought before he didn't care what anybody thinks of him, but now especially, to have that kind of freedom, especially on that kind of stage, you can see it this year. He's come out with a new girlfriend. He's got a finished an arm sleeve tattoo. He spent a lot of time at home, and I think that's what he needed this year. Now, this kind of opportunity for him, even says in the article, um, gave him that chance to just be with home um, where you are gone so many months out of the year on a regular season. So to just be home and not have any responsibility had to have been a big weight off his shoulders. And the fact that he can spend it with his parents, with his friends, with his family, and just not really have a whole lot of stress. The fact that he's financially in that situation and um, the way the pandemic worked out, that's kind of a silver lining for Nick Kyrgios. Now, I hope his mental health is better at this point. I really want to see him back on the court. Um, per this article, it says they expect him back at the Australian Open. I would love to see Nick Kyrgios at the Australian Open, and I would love to watch him play better and hopefully 
maybe make it far in the Australian Open or even win a few more tournaments next year. Um, and a little side note, it said that he has been seeing a psychologist since 2018. I wouldn't mind if more tennis players came out and said stuff like this. If more tennis players came out and said they struggle with this. In a sport where you travel so, so, so much, stuff like this is needed. And there's there's no denying that it's got to be mentally taxing on people's bodies and brains um, as they travel the world and play on the ATP and WTA tour. And so for him to come out, especially the bad boy, uh, the person a lot of people don't like, I think he's going to get a lot of respect for this. And I think it does a lot for the sport of tennis to have Nick Kyrgios come out and say comments like this um, on a national or international level. That is today's episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Next week, we'll have a full recap and kind of uh, maybe not even a recap yet because I don't think it's going to be over, but we'll talk about the Nito ATP finals and uh, we'll get into that just a little, little bit more. Um, Talk a lot about that and the end of the season's coming here near. So we're going to do a lot of recaps. Um, I am so excited for the 2021 season. Most importantly, not Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer will be returning to the tennis court as it seems now in the 2021 season. So I'm really looking forward to that. And there's a lot of good things, a lot of good young players to really look forward to in this 2021 season. If you want to sponsor, reach out to believe.com or at believe podcast, B L E A V, or you can reach out to me for anything, comments, concerns, questions, topics, guests, anything at Jacob Sersosimo on Twitter and Instagram, C E R S O S I M O. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. We're still in this pandemic. Wear a mask. And always, always take care of yourself and your family. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.